Welcome to the Bike Talk with Dave podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mabel, and I appreciate you tuning in today. When I started this little weekly audio adventure, one of the things that I was excited about was sharing some old stuff that lives on my hard drive. I've been covering the U.S. Cyclocross World Cup races since 2017, and I've got some old interviews and such just collecting dust, and I was excited to bring them out and give them new life. I've already shared a few, like my 2017 interview with Katie Compton and my 2021 discussions with Gage Hecht, Lance Haydet, and Becca Ferringer. And uh, Becca Ferringer was actually Courtney McFadden, which brings me to another point. I've always wanted to be open to have guest hosts, like Courtney, and like Lisa Carpinelli, who interviewed Heather Poscovich after her win in Race Across the West. So as you may have figured out by now, I am sharing an old interview from 2017 today, when Zach Schuster and I interviewed Sven Ness at the Trek CX Cup. It was pretty awesome. We were in the bowels of the Trek factory in the bike pit staging prep area of the Trek cyclocross team. Guys like Lars Vanderhaar, Quentin Hermans, and Tonerts were hanging out, fussing with their bikes and stuff. And of course, they were gawking at us doing the interview. But uh, while I filmed it, Schuster asked Sven questions he had gathered from, I don't know, somewhere like the internet maybe. Anyway, Schuster and I worked for Cyclocross Magazine at the time, and now Zach works with Crosshairs and publishes the Crosshairs Bulletin. I highly recommend subscribing to the Bulletin for all things cross go to crosshairs or cxhairs.com to sign up today. He's also on Cyclocross Radio with Bill Scheichen. It's a great podcast for all things cyclocross. So look that thing up. Anyway, with Trek CX Cup looming in the next few weeks, I thought I would dig up this interview with a cyclocross legend, Sven Ness, direct from Trek Factory Hill, with guest hosts, Zach Schuster. And before I cut to the interview, I want to tell you to stick around for a special treat at the end of this week's pod. But for now, let's get to Zach and Sven from the bowels of the Trek Factory. All right, well, this is Zach Schuster from Cyclocross Magazine, and we're here in very hot and humid Waterloo, Wisconsin, and we've got Sven Nace here. And we're going to do a little Ask Sven Anything. So we asked our readers for some questions, Sven, and we're going to go ahead and uh, ask away. Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm curious what they, uh, what they want to know from me. So the first question we saw yesterday, you had a Twitter post, and you said that you're really enjoying coaching. Yeah. So Dave from Iowa wants to know, do you enjoy coaching as much as you did racing? Yeah, it's, it's the right uh, time in my life to do that. I have a lot of experience. Um, yeah, with all the things I've done as an athlete, and uh, I'm now uh, on an age that I, uh, I'm really happy with what I'm doing now and coaching the young riders and, and teach him uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff uh, and talking about cycling and, and uh, trying to be as, as good as possible. Uh, and so along those lines, we actually had a question from overseas. Franco from Scotland wants to know, just how good uh, can Tom, Kick, Tom Pidcock be? Yeah, that's a question we... Uh, we can't answer for the moment. He is a really big talent. Um, if he jumps on a bike, he can win races, not only in cyclocross, but also time trial roads, uh, even mountain bike, I think. 
So uh, he's really young and uh, we need to, um, yeah, to let him grow step by step. And, and that's thing, I think that's, that's the most difficult part because uh, they are all looking to Tom and, and uh, their pre the pressure is really high. But um, yeah, he's, he's quite cool, he's, he's, he's really relaxed and uh, I think he has a, yeah, a big opportunity to be a good uh, professional cyclist. But uh, yeah, it's a long way to go. Along those lines, you've got a lot of really young talent on your Telnet team. Have you learned anything in the last uh, year or two about developing young talent like Tom? Well, every rider is different. And um, before, when I was riding, I, I only need to carry, uh, to, to, to take care about myself. But now you have all different characters, different kind uh, types of, of riders, and we try to, uh, to help them uh, separately. And uh, sometimes uh, it's not so easy because you are in a team and you try to, uh, to make a schedule for, for, for one week for the whole team and, and uh, individual they have their own plan to, um, to, yeah, to, to be as good as possible uh, in a race and you need to handle that. And uh, that sometimes that's difficult but it's also nice to uh, develop myself and try to be a good coach in, uh, yeah, in, in, in that kind of... Uh, um, difficult uh, periods. So changing directions just a little bit, Peter from Virginia wanted to know if you could pick one workout to do this time of year to get ready for cyclocross, what would it be? You know, duration, intervals, what would, what's your go-to? Yeah, in this uh, part of the season, it's, it's, uh, it's the beginning of the cyclocross season. So then we're talking about details because all the hard, all the hard work needs to be done. Uh, the distance, uh, the speed you need to have. But now it's all about acceleration, uh, sprints, uh, up, uh, on and off the bike, uh, cornering. So that's, that's the details, that's really important now. And uh, it's the last part of getting ready for, uh, for a race. And that's acceleration and, and starts. And, and, uh, try to, uh, to ride on a high heart rate uh, for a long period. Uh, don't do it in the beginning of your preparation because you need to build first uh, a big engine. That's what we are saying in, in cycling. But now it's, it's, uh, it's the part where you're talking about details. Yeah. Uh, and are you at all flattered that people have workouts here in the States called Sven Hills? Yeah, they, uh, it's really nice to, uh, to see that uh, because I've done it a lot. Uh, during my career, uh, starting on the, uh, on the beginning of the hill and doing explosive sprints uh, until the top, uh, recover a little bit and again and again. And that's cyclocross, that's um, what you need uh, to do really often in a race. And I showed uh, people the last few years a lot uh, how, I, how I done that. So now uh, it has a name also. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's actually really nice. So along those lines, we had another question. Uh, Bill from Texas wants to know if you'll be doing an instructional video on how to bunny hop and ride stairs anytime soon. Well, I've done it before. Oh, you have? Okay. Uh, I, I've done it before and um, yeah, maybe we can do it. It's, it's no problem for me. I, I, I want to learn all people to, to jump barriers. And uh, yeah, that's for me, it's, it's no problem. If I, if I can uh, share a video and uh, learn people how to do it, no problem. And I'm sure you saw that Ellen Noble is now hopping the barriers. You got to be pretty stoked about that to see her doing that. Yeah, huh? that's really cool. And that, that makes her really special because she's one of the, the first girls who, who did it uh, and in a race. And, and 
in a race or on training, that's, that makes a lot of difference because uh, your heart rate is really high, the, you, are, you are nervous and in a race with all different kind of riders uh, close to each other. And she did it uh, and that's really cool to see and, and that makes her yeah, uh, really special and, and I'm gonna follow her the next few years, yeah. So talking, you obviously had a successful racing career. Folks had some questions about that. And so Steve from Ohio wants to know, what is your number one most memorable race? Yeah, for me, and it's not because I'm now in the US, but the World Championships in Louisville were really special. And uh, the circumstances were really uh, special because of snow and ice and the temperature is getting below and above zero and it changes every day. Then the race uh, moved to a day earlier. Uh, so the pressure was really, really high. It was really uh, a special event. And it was the first time that we showed uh, the US what cyclocross was all about on that, uh, on that level. Uh, and it uh, opened doors for cyclocross over here. And, and that's the reason why I, yeah, of course I won the race. That, that <laughs> helps also. But that, for me, that opens also doors here at track, uh, I, I, I signed a contract also here, and uh, for me that was the best event I ever uh, ever did. And along those lines, a little bit tougher, we had a question about Hugerheide the next year. Yeah. Do you ever go back to that in your mind and think about what could have been? Yeah, because it, it's not a negative uh, uh, race for me. It was, I think, my best race ever. I, I did my, my, my best level uh, at the World Championships ever and I think I if, I if I see the race again I can win that race we were at the same level me against Stibar it was really a good battle and uh, it became uh, a battle that um, it was all about details I made a small mistake on, on the on the moment I almost won the race and that uh, changed everything he recovered again a little bit, and then in the last lap, uh, I made a small mistake and he won the race. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was actually uh, losing the race from that uh, kind of champion, it's no problem. And uh, I not uh, went home um, beaten by uh, a small rider. Uh, I was proud of my race, and okay, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. So um, along those lines, uh, let's see, what was the other question? Oh, toughest competitor you've ever faced. This is a question from Daryl in Wisconsin. You know, when you're going into a corner, you're going into a race, who's the toughest competitor? Well, that's that the same rider that we are just talking okay. about, that's Stibar, because he is doing or, or did the same what I did. He thought the same like I did in a race. And the moment I thought, hey, I need to accelerate or this is my plan, he did the same. <laughs> And that was quite difficult because he was always um, also really explosive. He had a good sprint. Um, he was really focused on uh, a certain moment in the race. And it was all most this, every time the same moment like I had in my mind. And that was quite difficult to handle. So we talked last week, I talked with you at Jingle Cross and you know, in Chicago, you like putting on a show and you know, giving fans a good show. And it seems like you've had a lot of races in your career where 
you're putting out a good show. You know, you battled against Klaus in 2013 in Louisville. You battled yeah. against uh, Stebar. Different kind of generations. Yeah, yeah, but how do you get, uh, for other riders, that mental aspect, how did you train yourself to be mentally tough in those situations, knowing that you were putting on this great show, but like one mistake and you lose the race? Yeah, it's, it's not so easy because it's a long career. And uh, the thing that helps a lot is that uh, riders changed uh, during my career, uh, different uh, generations. So it's not always 20 years long, the same riders. So that helps me. I stayed, but the riders, uh, <laughs> they went and, and, and they, they came new riders and cyclocross changed. And that's for me, I think um, that was the best, uh, that helps me the most to stay focused because in the beginning when I was a young rider, cyclocross was not like it is right now. Uh, there was no pit. Um, um, we can jump barriers. Um, there were three, four, five on a cyclocross race, just one. Uh, now they need to be two. Uh, that's the rule. Um, it's, it's all going faster. Um, yeah, the, the material changed uh, a lot. We are now shifting electronic. Um, bikes are getting lighter, they handle different. So for me, that was always nice to, to uh, going in a battle with cyclocross that changing. And, and I want to be, again, the best rider in actually another sport because that's what's, what's going on on, on, uh, on the beginning of my career until now. The sport changed a lot and I tried to develop myself on the same level. So we saw in, you know, in 2015, at the tail end of your career, we saw 2015 was the Worlds where Matthew, Wout, and Lars went one, two, three at the World Championships. Working with these young riders on the Telnet team, did it help you that you kind of raced against them at the end of your career to see kind of that youth movement and now you'll be able to translate it into your coaching? Yeah, it helps a little bit, but um, I think you need to, uh, you need to uh, see every rider different and, and uh, I know how to win a race. I know when you make a mistake um, that you can lose a race and it's not only because I raced with the last generation but uh, the experience I have during my career, I can give it to him, uh, right, to, to them right now and, and that helps a lot and okay, I know the riders, the guys who now are the best riders of the world. It helps a little bit, but uh, the experience during my whole career, that's most important, I think. And then one more question about your racing. Chris from Maryland wants to know, he, he asked if you had Lars's explosive ability off the start, do you think you would have won more races? Or your style of kind of coming on late, was that what suited you best? I had the explosivity in the beginning of my career when I was young. Okay, when you are getting 40, it's a little bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, less and uh, that's normal uh, you need to handle that but he's really uh, he has a really good explosivity the only thing he doesn't have is that his weight is so low because he's, he's really a small rider mm -hmm. uh, and if you're riding on flat roads uh, the, the, the maximum power uh, is less than a rider uh, with my weight and um, that's the problem he has against riders like Wout and Mathieu. When there are climbs involved in the race, with his explosivity, he can beat them. Mm -hmm. But when it's flat and it's muddy, 
it's all about maximum power. And because he's a, a rider with low weight, it doesn't help him. And he needs to handle that. So I'm a completely different kind of rider than Lars. I'm more a rider like Wout and Mathieu. Um, so you need to know that and you need to uh, put the focus um, on, a different, on a different spot. And now we had some, some bigger picture questions, I guess. And we actually got several good questions from our friends in Canada, which is always exciting yeah. uh, to hear. But Andrew from Ontario wants to know, what, what can we do to grow the sport in countries like Canada, Australia, that don't necessarily have the cyclocross history? Because we're doing pretty well in the States here. Yeah, for the beginning, uh, to begin, uh, put cyclocross as much as possible on social media, live streams, uh, so that young riders see the sport, um, what cyclocross is all about. That's, that's the first part. So we did that here in the US and it helps a lot. Then you need to have uh, young riders that want to invest in the sport because it's not going from day one until day two and directly you are one of the good riders. It costs a lot of money, it costs a lot of uh, time to develop yourself. And if the country has a local hero, then you can start to grow the sport in your own country. And um, that's also the success in Belgium because we have local heroes. We have more than one local hero. Yeah, and then it goes like this. And in the US you see that we have local hero heroes in the, in, the, in the elite women's races. Mm -hmm. um, we had it also a little bit with Jeremy um, and, and that helps, but you see now that, that um, yeah, his, his level is going a little bit down and, and we need to have some, some other riders. And, and okay, uh, that's necessary to, to the young riders needs to see a, a local hero and, and then they can, uh, they, they, wanna, they wanna be like them and that's important. Along those lines, and speaking, you know, maybe Stephen Hyde, yeah. you signed Tom Pidcock, he's out of uh, Great Britain. Do you ever see a future where you guys sign an American rider to come ride full-time in Belgium? Yes. Okay. I think that's possible. Um, and because of Trek is involved, that's, that's also uh, a reason, I think. Um, but I think if we want to uh, let grow the sport in total, not only in Belgium or in Europe, we need to invest in uh, riders coming out of the US. So I'm looking uh, forward to, uh, to talk with uh, more riders. I did it all already uh, last season. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, there is, for sure there is interest from our team. And not only because I think there is potential over here, but I think that um, if we wanna uh, let our sport grow, we need to do that. And we did have a question, someone from Australia wanted to know if maybe, speaking of social media and making a buzz, if maybe you'll head down there again sometime? I was there for mountain bike racing, mm -hmm. uh, World Championships a few years ago. Uh, yeah, maybe, why not? If, <laughs> if Australia is ready for cyclocross and want to uh, have me as an ambassador over there, I'm ready to go. 
because I'm not only busy with uh, helping my team, but I try to be a good ambassador for the sport, sport in total. And that's also the reason why I was in Chicago and, and uh, coming here and not only working for the team, but try to do clinics over here. And um, we, can, we can do a lot of work and uh, we need to have uh, now the young riders who uh, uh, show the world what cyclocross is all about and the old guys helping to let grow the sport. And yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I want to work on this. Cool. And then Andre from Montreal wanted, want asked, uh, are you concerned about the young talent uh, in cyclocross moving to the road for financial reasons? And do you think the Olympics, having cyclocross be part of the Olympics is a solution to that issue? Definitely, um, if the Olympics were involved in our sport, we're talking about another sport. We're talking about um, more budget, more interest from other countries. And then the sport is, yeah, then the sky is the limit. Uh, that's, that's, that should be really great. We are talking about that since the last 15, 20 years, I think. <laughs> it's not easy mm -hmm. because the rules are that cyclocross or an Olympic discipline in winter needs to be always on snow and ice we don't have that always but it's a winter sport and uh, i think um, we need to uh, to talk every year again uh, and try to promote it because it can yeah if we have that 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 would be awesome um, so that yeah that that's really important uh, and you probably have some uh, experience with this question with your son, but Griffin from Quebec, another ca Canadian, wants to know, most important piece of advice you would give a young cyclocross rider? Don't uh, do it because your parents want uh, that you are a professional athlete. It needs to come from yourself. If you have passion for cyclocross or for any other discipline in cycling, um, there all starts. Uh, you see often in Belgium that uh, young kids start um, a cycling uh, passion because of parents wants to have uh, professional athletes. Their sons needs to be a professional athlete and that's not the right thing to do. Uh, and you see it directly. If you need to push them to train every day or push them to uh, to um, uh, what they are eating and and, and uh, uh, yeah, put them on a bike. It's it's that's not that's not okay. And with my son right now, uh, I need to say, "Ho, oh, take it easy. You are only 15 now, and uh, there is also another life for the moment." So that's important and uh, you see it directly. Don't push them, it needs to come, it, it needs to be your passion. And then you can do a lot. Okay, and then Eric from Illinois wants to know if you have any thoughts on how to increase diversity in the sport, whether that be women, minorities, other countries. How do we get more different people involved in cyclocross? Well, we, we're doing a lot about women cycling the last five years. In Belgium, actually, there was nothing. Now, every C1 category race has also a women's race. Uh, the budget for women's racing is, is going up a lot. Uh, we have now um, live on TV women's racing since the last two years. 
So that's really important to, to uh, let grow the sport. Um, have good ambassadors for the sport. I think that's really important. And uh, we need to invest in our sport uh, and try to have the basic where it all started right now in Belgium. Uh, stay focused on that also, because if that is gone, then we have a problem. But uh, we need to be good ambassadors. We, as a team, as all uh, professionals and the young riders, and then we can promote also cyclocross in other countries, and that helps a lot. All right, and I have about two more questions. Uh, going back to your team with Telnet. Which riders do you see certain parts of you in? Like, do you look at a, a Lars and see something about yourself in him, or look at a Tone Ertz and see something in him, or any of any of your riders yeah, on your team? Yeah, all the riders have some skills uh, that I also had, but I had a, I had also uh, sometimes problems with long runs or or. Uh, at the end of my career, um, really explosive starts. Uh, so here in my team are riders who have uh, possibilities and better skills than I had uh, on a certain moment. So if you put them all together and uh, could have one, uh, one rider with a mix of all the, the talents and the skills uh, of all the team, yeah, that, that would be a dream, but you need to, uh, to work on, on the good things and you need to, tr yeah, to, to, uh, to help them with, with uh, yeah, the, 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 the skills they don't uh, really have on a high level. So I don't want to compare myself to another rider. Um, and don't try to talk about, uh, yeah, in my time I did it like this. No, 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 this is another team this is this is these are other riders and try to help them uh, equally so if we created like an Ellen Vander Ertz super rider <laughs> then you would be it would work right <laughs> that would work yeah but that, that's it's not possible <laughs> uh, and then finally just uh, kind of a couple fun ones Tom from Madison how do you pronounce your name we hear a lot we hear nice 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 uh, yeah, in Belgium they say Sven Ness. 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 But it's not easy and uh, doesn't matter what you say. Um, they in, 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 in the US they say a lot Sven Nies. Mm -hmm. uh, no problem. Um, they can say what they want. Um, <laughs> but in Belgium they say Sven Ness. Ness. And is that where your alter ego Stan Nice came from? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. And uh, yeah, it's Actually, it's really funny. Um, I've done a lot of uh, special events uh, since the last few years. I've done the Cape Epic on the mountain bike, uh, the single speed world championships. I think I'm gonna do some different uh, type of riders uh, 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 of racing uh, during the next few years, uh, but it's gonna be a surprise always, and that's good. Uh, and then finally, here in Wisconsin, we do this really weird thing where we wear cheese on our head. And we're also known for being very friendly folks. And so Dave Toll, do you know Dave Toll, the yeah. announcer? Yeah. He came up with the idea of Wisconsin Nice yeah. instead of Wisconsin Nice. So I brought with me, I was wondering if we could get you to put on this cheese head no problem. for Wisconsin Nice. Okay, so that's my new helmet for the next, yeah, uh, the next few days. <laughs> 
It's aerodynamic, I think. And yeah, what uh, do you think? For maybe for the Legends race, this could be your helmet? I don't think so. <laughs> Only in this uh, building I can wear the helmet for five, six seconds and then it's finished. <laughs> okay. Well, Sven, thank you so much for being a good sport. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure to hang out with you and I know all of our, re our readers really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. Sorry answer. for my English. I try to do my best, but it's, uh, it's better than your Dutch. It is for sure. <laughs> and to be honest with you, we mispronounce your name all the time. So no your English is phenomenal. No problem. Thank you very much. All right, cool. Thanks a lot again, Sven. Okay. Well, that was cool. I want to thank Zach for his great discussion with Sven. It was super fun to relive and I hope you enjoyed that. If you're in Waterloo for the Trek CX Cup, be sure to tell them both hi and tell them you heard Bike Talk with Dave or whatever. Anyway, another idea to come from the mind of Zach was this little gem. We wrote down the names of several Wisconsin towns and took them around to some of the visiting European racers. We struck gold with our first participant, Lossels, a Belgian cyclist who was game for fun. She enjoyed it so much that after we went through the list of towns, she dragged me over to then world champion, Sana Kant, who had so much fun with it, she hauled me over to Matthew Vanderpool, who willingly played along. It was awesome. And we also found Eva Lechner from Italy, Caroline Mani and Steve and Lucille Chanel from France, and Ellen Van Looy from Belgium. And of course, we had to get the correct pronunciations from Wisconsin native and World Cup podium winner, Katie Keough. And of course, at the end, we threw in a twist of making Katie say the name of one of the World Cup stops in France. So, without further ado, from 2017, name that Wisconsin town. All right, and we're going to play Name That Wisconsin Town. I'm going to show you the name of a town, and all you have to do is read it. My name is Lucy Shannon. I'm Salon. Mitchell. Caroline Maney. Lucille. My name is Steve, Chanel Steve. Ellen Van Loy. My name is Eva Leitner, and I'm from Italy. Menomoni. Menomoni. Mino. Minomoni. Menomoni. 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 Minomoni. 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 Chicken Megan. 
Chi Megan. Chikwamigan. Chikamigan? Chikwimigan. I don't know. Chikwi. I don't know. Chikwiamigan. Chikamigan? Chikwamigan? Chikwamigan. Chikwamigan. Minokwa? Minokwa? Minokwa. Very good. Uh, Minoka. Minokwa. Minokwa? Minokwa. 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 My name is Caitlin Keogh and I'm from Racine, Wisconsin. Menominee. Okanamawak. Swamigan. Swami. Minocqua. I'm gonna do it with you, uh, with Flanders Town, so we're gonna laugh with you. <laughs> Is that in Wisconsin? Is that a city in Wisconsin? Oh, pardon me. Um, Nome. <laughs> we have a World Cup in Nome. Okay, Nome. Pays de Mont. Mont Villard. No may pays de Mont Villard. Perfect. <laughs> no may pays de Montbéliard. Ah, très bien, you know that one. In French? No may pays de Montbéliard. No may pays de Montbéliard. Ah, très bien. Is it you? Ah, nommé pas de Montbéliard. Nommé pays de Montbéliard. Nommé pas de Montbéliard. Montbéliard. Yeah, that's French, so he knows how to say that anyway, right? I don't know. Nommé pays de Montbéliard. Nommé pays de Montbéliard. Well, you better learn that one because that's on the World Cup circuit in oh, France. Oh, no, so. man, yeah. Montbéliard, <laughs> yeah, oui. Uh, très bien, très bien. Très bien, merci. Thank you for playing Name That Wisconsin Town. Yeah, you're welcome. I freaking love that every time I hear it. Thanks for listening to Bike Talk with Dave. I hope you had fun with this throwback episode. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by rating, reviewing, and sharing. If you'd like to support the show financially and help improve it, I promise I'm trying to get better, then you can go to buymeacoffee.com and throw some love in my way. I'll use it to make the podcast better and I will send you a Bike Talk with Dave sticker created by our friends at Bike Rags Apparel. BikeRagsApparel.com. That was not a paid advertisement, but they are awesome people and do all kinds of awesome stuff clothing kits stickers hats patches all kinds of great stuff anyway go to buymecoffee.com look for a link in the show notes and again i'll send you a sticker also as a as a subscriber to the bike talk with dave podcast you are welcome to a free three-month subscription to the adventure plus streaming platform just click the link below and register for the 600 and more films with more than 10 films a week being added just click the link in the show notes and you can get 90 days free and if you want to keep it after that 
you're welcome to, and if you want to cancel, you can do so at any time. Bike Talk with Dave is a production of Summit Media Films, an award-winning indie film company that is not afraid of snow. Check out films on the Adventure Plus streaming app with your free 90-day subscription, and that would be a 1,000 miles to Nome, down the Kuskokwim, and reach for the stars. And I also want to thank BikeIowa.com for being the online host of Bike Talk with Dave. That's it for now. I hope you have a great week, and we will see you next week on Bike Talk with Dave.